You're listening to The Other Connor Podcast, a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your host, Connor Howard. Hello, Oilers fans, and thank you once again for tuning into The Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, brought to you by DraftKings. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Just draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using the code word THPN. New users get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I am Connor Halley. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Connor Halley. And right now we've got a couple giveaways going on. So you definitely want to give me a follow. Kind of scroll through my timeline. We've got one for Pride Tape, a local company here in Edmonton. Last week I had on Jeff McLean. We talked about the brand, the company, what they do. All you have to do is go to my Twitter account. Find that tweet. I have it pinned actually. It's right at the top. Give it a retweet. Tell us how you became a fan of the sport of hockey, and you'll be entered to win a five-pack of Pride Tape. Also, one lucky person will win a hat and the five-pack of Pride Tape. So check it out, my Twitter page, at Connor Halley. We've also got a jersey giveaway, compliments of the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings. That one's very simple. All you've got to do is follow me, follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, and retweet that tweet. It's very simple, and you could be walking away with a brand-new Edmonton Oilers jersey, whoever you want to get on the back of it, whether it's Leon Dreisaitl, Kyler Yamamoto, Connor McDavid. Maybe you want somebody younger, an Evan Bouchard or an Ethan Bear. Plenty of players to pick out of, and uh, it's very simple. So check me out on Twitter, at Connor Halley. Great show coming up for you here on the podcast. We will talk to Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings, as we do every Tuesday on the show, try to help you out with your daily fantasy sports. He's got some great advice for you. As always, we will talk to Rob Fay, formerly of TSN 1040 out in Vancouver. Of course, the unfortunate news with uh, that station being shut down, he balanced back quickly. He's the host of The Nation, which you can watch on YouTube and on Twitch. They go post-game. I actually got a chance to join him last night. Uh, they wanted to talk about the Oilers. So he returned the favor, comes on the podcast today. We're going to talk about the Vancouver Canucks and get you set up as the Oilers take on the Canucks Tuesday and Thursday night. And uh, we're also going to bring in Tom Gazzola. Of course, he is the pregame host and postgame host on TSN 1260. You can hear him every Oilers game day. Of course, he's also part of the Oil Stream with Dustin Nielsen and a contributor with the NHL Network as well. So we'll talk about the jerseys they're going to wear both nights and uh, just get his thoughts on the team. Of course, since the last time we spoke, the Edmonton Oilers had a pretty nice little weekend. And anytime you get two wins over the Calgary Flames, you've got to be happy. Friday night, 3-2 win. Maybe not the most exciting, but they don't ask how. They ask how many. The Oilers finding a way to get two points. And if you were bored of that game on Friday, Saturday certainly did not disappoint. A huge 7-1 victory. Connor McDavid doing what Connor McDavid does. He only played 17 minutes. And I say only because, you know, he's typically north of 20 minutes. Three goals, two assists. He didn't need to play any longer. He was absolutely on fire. And those three goals coming on three shots. Like, it's outstanding what he can do. 
And if you ever hear me complain that I think he should shoot more, that is why. He's got a lethal shot, and uh, there's times where I'd like to see him use it more because we know how good he can be. This guy's a 50-goal scorer in the NHL if he puts his mind to it. Just uh, a heck of a performance by those Edmonton Oilers on Saturday night. A nice night for Darnell Nurse, who continues to impress. Two assists in that one now. I believe he's tied for third in points in the NHL. Among defensemen, that is. Tied for first in scoring. He's playing over 25 minutes a night. Like, the guy is playing outstanding hockey right now. And if he keeps it up, he will be a serious threat for the Norris Trophy as the top NHL defenseman. He's playing that good. Now, like I said, it's just 20 games into the season, but... If he can continue this level of play, there's no reason at the end of the year that he should not be in that conversation. Of course, the Oilers now set to take on the Vancouver Canucks Tuesday and Thursday night. They will have to do so without the services of Slater Cuckoo, who was injured Saturday, took a hit from Flames forward Sam Bennett, knocked him out of the game. He unveiled on his social media on Sunday that it's a broken collarbone. The team made it official today, placing him on the LTIR, so he will be out for the remainder of the regular season, which... Not ideal for the Oilers. Slater Cuckoo's played great since he was picked up by the team in this offseason, but a good sign for the Oilers. And this is something that we would not have seen in years past, uh, the depth that they have on that blue line. But he goes down. The good news for the team is they do have Caleb Jones who can jump back in there. They've got Ethan Bear, who is slowly making his way back from that concussion. He had a little bit of a setback last week, but it looks like we're getting closer to seeing that. And then you've got Evan Bouchard, who's... You know, really been impressive. He he might even come out of the lineup, which really just speaks more so to the depth that the Oilers do have on defense, just to make room for Caleb Jones and Ethan Bear. So uh, make sure you tune in, follow along on Twitter. We'll see what happens with the Oilers lineup. But tough break for the Edmonton Oilers and uh, a young prospect also getting hurt in Dmitry Samorkov. He'll be out for six months uh, from what I've heard right now. They're just waiting on surgery, seeing if that's an option or not. He played in a CKSA in Moscow, he had two goals and six helpers in 48 games. He's a third-round pick of the team back in 2017, 84th overall. The year previous, he played with the Bakersfield Condors, and he had two goals and eight assists in 47 games. So tough break for Samorikov. I'm not sure what that means for his future going forward. I've heard people say that they thought next year he might be another guy fighting for ice time with the big club. Maybe with this setback next year, he's playing in Bakersfield, but uh, just a tough break for him. We know these hockey players are resilient, though, and he will bounce back strong and uh, be ready to go next year. But let's get into our guest right now. We're going to start off with Tom Gazzola, of course, on TSN 1260. He's the host of the Don Wheaton on White pre- and post-game shows. You can also give him a follow on Twitter, at Tom Gazzola. You've seen him on the NHL Network. He's a part of the Oil Stream with Dustin Nielsen. Tommy, how are you doing today? Connor, always well, my friend. Thanks for having me on. You know, I uh, I love hopping on with you, and we do the pregame show together, and it's oodles and oodles of fun. Yeah, just like an extended version of that. But hypothetically, if you wanted to, you could swear on here. I, I'm oh. st- <laughs> like, I, I don't want it to like sound forced or anything, but I still haven't had anyone like drop an f bomb or anything, and. You know, I, I noticed my last show on iTunes had the E beside it, so it was explicit. Oh. But I don't know where that came from, and uh, just. If you want to drop it in there, don't like feel like you have to censor yourself or anything. I just want you to know that going forward. Fantastic. I mean, I don't <laughs> really swear all that much. Um, even like on the oil stream, we've we've dropped a few. Like Dusty'll drop an f bomb from time to time. I've I've dropped the s bomb a couple of times. Uh, it, I, I I just try not to. Yeah. But 
sometimes it, it comes out and you're like, yeah, all right. Just can't do it on the air, though. Yeah, like we don't want those habits to leak into the real no. show. But, you know, on here, I'm, I just like to let people know it can happen. And I've had a bunch of NHLers on and, that, like, everyone's so well-mannered and that's great. But for once, like, if, if anyone ever wanted to take advantage of it and, and say something, it'd be great. I don't have to worry about hitting the, uh, the button, the delay or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, one day I'm going to live up to that E beside the podcast on uh, iTunes or <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Uh, Tom, let's talk about those Edmonton Oilers and we'll get into the, uh, the state of the team in a minute here. But Thursday and Tuesday night, they will be wearing the reverse retro, the orange, and we've heard some stories that they might be petitioning to try to wear them more. Are you a fan of this look? Very much so. I really like it. And, you know, some of these reverse retro jerseys, are awful. Some of them are just knockouts, and I think the Oilers uh, did it right with this reverse retro. I like how they they inverted the orange and the blue. The, the shoulders look good. I like the craziness of the orange pants. It, it just to me it works. Like if you're gonna go all in and and you're gonna go crazy with it, then do it. And they they did. So uh, it's too bad they didn't do the white gloves and they went with like an orange glove with a blue trim. And I, I took some heat from. Brad Harrison, one of the equipment managers for the Oilers, when I tweeted out that they had white gloves, he's like, where on earth do you see us wearing white gloves? And, of course, that came from EA Sports that had, like, the sneak peek preview of all the reverse retros. And in that one, the Oilers did have white gloves. So what I'm pretty sure happened was they looked at the white glove and said it doesn't work, and they switched it at the last second because EA Sports isn't going to just throw something in there if they don't have confirmation or or they don't know for sure what the look is going to be. Anyway, I like it. I hope that they get get a successful petition to to wear them more often. Um, I don't see why that would be a problem. I mean, I know the opposition probably you know has to pack another set of jerseys if they if uh, they want to come to Edmonton. Edmonton wants to wear the reverse retros, but. They're great. I, I I much prefer them to the alternates as well. You know, we saw them wear the alternates a couple nights ago and successfully, but these jerseys are are, are badass. So that's not quite explicit, but they're badass. <laughs> thank you, thank you. That's like the first semi-controversial word we've had here. So I will agree with you. They are badass, and uh, you know, I, I get it. Like, it's great that you're going to wear them back-to-back nights in Vancouver. Eight o'clock start. Maybe the East Coast might be missing out on them. If you really want to showcase these jerseys. Why not slide them in, you know, when you're in Toronto, when you're in Montreal, you're going to be wearing the white uniform anyways. Why not just wear this one? Because I agree with you. It's such a good look, and I love the gloves. Like, the white ones might have been cool, but I think the orange with a little bit of blue in there looks awesome. Mm-hmm. They 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 nailed it. Let's let's just call it – they did, did a really good job. And I know people uh, – we were watching the Colorado – Vegas game from Lake Tahoe uh, with a eight-hour intermission, which was amazing. But um, those abs, Quebec Nordique reverse retros were fantastic, and I even like what Vegas did wearing the Ve- uh, Las Vegas Thunder esque reverse retros. So some of these are really cool. Some some are really bad. Like Toronto suck. Uh, Calgary's are okay. Um, the Hartford Whalers ones that the Canes wore that were gray, that I thought was weird, Connor. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, gray as a primary color in the NHL is a bit odd. But, um, yeah, like St. Louis's red ones I don't really think works either. But these, these are cool. They, they, uh, they should wear them more than three times. I don't think that's fair to only wear them three times. No, no. And I, it's funny, like... Uh, my girlfriend, not the biggest sports fan, but she saw those whalers with the gray 
and said like exactly what you said. Like, why are they gray? That could yeah. be white, and that would look a lot better. But uh, yeah, they they try things with these reverse retros, so I, I give them credit for that. But I, I agree with both of you. I'm not a big fan of the gray. Uh, let's talk about those Edmonton Oilers now. Nine and two in their last eleven games. One of the hottest teams in the NHL. I want to ask you this: coming off a seven-one win over your provincial rival, uh, how? How big of a boost is that just for everyone on the team coming off with a big win like that? I think it's it's a statement for sure. Um and 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 they must have been feeling good after winning a close game on Friday night too. Um they're going to be riding high going into Vancouver, but but you know what, Connor, that's the other thing uh, and this is kind of I don't know if it's a double-edged sword, but you can kind of look at it this way. It's like maybe uh, you got to be aware that yes, that that was a great performance, uh, big win. McDavid was phenomenal, but don't don't rest on your laurels and be ready for the Canucks because I know Vancouver hasn't had a great season. They're still kind of in the mix. Um, so so take whatever momentum you can from that game. Don't forget to play defense because Vancouver has some weapons and uh, try to continue this little hot streak. I, I can't even say it's a little hot streak. It's it's a very successful run. I mean. You only lose two games in your last 11. I think you're doing something A-OK. Uh, but, yeah, it's a good, like, I mean, for the fan base, uh, people are probably loving it, except for one texter on our post-game show who kept pointing out the uh, points percentage in, in the North Division and said, hey, be leery, be leery. It's not all peaches and cream and roses and gumdrops and lollipops and all that good stuff. And, and Hernan and I were just shaking our heads going, are you serious? You're nine and two in your last eleven. Come on, man. <laughs> He's like the guy that's just keeping them humble. Like, don't get sure. too cocky. Not well, not like they're listening or anything. But yeah, uh, there's always going to be one of those people out there for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Connor McDavid, uh, five points in seventeen minutes. Like, unbelievable. I saw some people texting into our show today saying, "Why don't they go for Sittler? You know, let him go for ten points." What side do you come out on that? Are you someone who says, "Well, you know what? It's a professional league." Let him run up the score, or do you think in this situation it's best to just let Connor McDavid sit on the bench and uh, not risk anything? It's not like he didn't get a regular shift after. I mean, they just rested him. There's nights where him and Drysaddle play 25 plus minutes, so you're having a good night. You're feeling it. Um, it feels like everything that you shoot at the nets going in. Maybe he could. I don't know. Like you're not double shifting him uh, when you're up six one seven one, and and you're not putting him on his line, and then you're not going to throw him in between the fourth line wingers, and then you're not going to come back after a penalty with him, Drysaddle, and Yamamoto. Like you're just re- resting him, and and I'm sure if he really wanted to run it up, he could have said something to tip it and been like, hey, I, I'm feeling good. I want to go for six, seven, eight points tonight, and I'm sure the coach would have happily obliged, Connor, but. Uh, not a big deal. Like you, you go pedal to the metal through the first half, build up a massive lead. Uh, it's a good chance to let your other guys play parts of the game. So I, I don't. It doesn't really bother me. I'm not uh, too worried about it. If it was a close game, and uh, it was a high scoring close game, then then maybe yeah, you double shift him and see what he could do. Maybe he could get to that magical ten. But in this case, whatever. I mean, how many times has he had a five-point night over the course of his career? He had a six-pointer last year against Colorado. Uh, the guy's amazing. He truly is. Another thing that stood out to me, and I'm just going to just premise this by saying, uh, our gym just opened up in our condo. So Sunday afternoon, I, I snuck in there, got in a little bit of a workout, and it was it was pretty humbling. First time in a couple of months doing a little bit of cardio. Darnell Nurse played 32 minutes and 52 seconds Saturday night and uh, played, what, 30 minutes on Friday night as well. 
this guy just continues to impress, whether it's putting up points, logging heavy minutes. Uh, when you watch him play and seeing what he's done this year, like, do you have a ceiling on what this guy can become? Uh, that's an interesting one. I, I think we're, we're seeing him reaching his peak, and that's uh, an absolute workhorse. And he's chipping in offensively, and uh, he's carrying the puck with purpose into the offensive zone. And people are afraid of him because he's big and intimidating. Um, I, th- I think more of the same, Connor. I- I'm I'm not sure like if he's going to turn into this like 50 point defenseman or anything like that. If that's going to be a regular occurrence, but it- it's kind of nice to see too that all the haters for Darnell Nurse that were saying they didn't like his contract, they say trade him. He doesn't make a good first pass. How quiet they are now, and there's nothing really that that they have in terms of ammunition. Uh, against him, yeah, he you know he plays so much that there's the odd time where he makes a mistake, but he's turning into a beast. And and at 25, 26 years old, um, if he can be this reliable, this steady for another seven more years, and they happen to be in Oilers silks, uh, I think you're laughing. Yeah, I mean, and if there's anyone out there that at this point has negative things to say about Darnell Nurse, then, you know, they're just like the guy who brings up the winning percentage in the North Division. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just who they are. That's how it's going to be. You can't please everybody. Uh, of course, Slater Cuckoo out for the remainder of the season after breaking his collarbone Saturday night. Takes that hit from Sam Bennett. Uh, with the depth on the Oilers' defense, I mean, it's a, it's a loss, but it could have been a lot worse. Going into these two games against the Canucks, uh, what do you think you'll see from the Oilers' blue line pairings? Uh, well, I'm guessing we're going to finally see Caleb Jones get back in. Uh, Larson and Russell have been pretty good. Uh, maybe Bouchard comes out if, if Bear's ready to go. So so maybe we do see that Jones-Bear uh, pairing get in there. Maybe they give you a good 12 minutes, hopefully, uh, reliably defensively. Uh, or reliable defensively would be ideal. And, and I know that that might be uh, where they, they might struggle if they do get in together, but just just a sound game. And if you're Caleb Jones, you're going to be motivated because you've been sitting and watching for so long. You've seen other guys get in there and play while you continually got uh, the press box treatment. So if you got two highly motivated guys going and giving you a decent uh, 10 to 12 minutes, and I think that's fine. Ease them both back in. You've got four other guys that are playing really well on the blue line. Don't mess with that. You kind of heard Dave Tippett talk about it today. He said, hey, Barry and Nurse are, are doing excellent. We don't want to mess with the good thing. Um, you've got some good options here. There's How many times, like even on Gregor's show, on our show, uh, pre and post, like were we talking about, man, there's a lot of good problems with the Oilers <laughs> these days problems but good ones and and that's a a really nice situation to be in yeah and that's something we haven't really seen in a few years with this team like it's it's problems but like you say good things to have and and really kind of uh just good on what this organization organization has done in the past few years to to build up this prospect pool keep it competitive and uh like you said yeah just good problems to have Uh, a couple more for you tom Uh, just with caleb jones on the topic of the defense what was missing from his game at the start of the season that led him to being benched? And, uh, you know, what do you think he has to work on to make sure he's just a consistent face in that Oilers lineup? Yeah, I mean, be good defensively. Uh, make those little sacrifices, block shots, uh, find ways to break up uh, cycles and all of that. It, he was just getting burned on, on plays that young defensemen get burned on and you know you, you kind of thought going into the year that maybe he had gotten over that hump 
already at this point in his career, but I think it was a reminder that he's still in the developing stages of his NHL life. Uh, and so just be sharp. Look at uh, what what a Chris Russell does sometimes. It's not flashy, um, but you just need to be sound and, and uh, just buckle up, bear down, whatever cliche you want to use. Um, and I think he's fully capable of that. I mean, look no further than his brother. If he needs any tidbits of advice, uh, the big brother can help him out. And then when he does get into the offensive zone, let those instincts and that natural talent do what they do best, and, and hopefully he gets rewarded. But um, if, his, if his mind is in the right place, Connor, then, then he should be okay. So we'll see how he goes. And if, if he gets scored on, hopefully he doesn't get down on himself and finds himself in a rut or anything like that. But a good motivated player can do a lot of good things. Tom, right now, are the Oilers the best team in Canada? No, it's the, the Leafs. <laughs> still the Leafs, eh? It's still the Leafs. Yeah, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say it. They're, they're still the creme de la creme right now. Edmonton's getting up there. And I, I'm, I get kind of, I'm, I'm still unsure to even say, Connor, like, they're good. And, and they're starting to prove that this is more so who they are as opposed to just getting streaky, uh, for a small period of time. Um, but I still think the Leafs have been so consistent right out of the gates that they're still the, the class of the Scotia North Division. As we speak, Tom, on this Monday evening, obviously pre-recorded, uh, the Leafs trail the Calgary Flames 2-0. So uh, wow. I'll have to ask you this again the next time you're on the show. We'll see what happens in the future with the Leafs and uh, what way they go. Final question for you. What happens this uh, week against the Vancouver Canucks? How many points do you think the Oilers come away with? I think they'll get... I don't want to be too negative, but I think Vancouver plucks a couple points away from them. So at least two, Connor. I think that uh, Edmonton maybe wins tomorrow night or Tuesday night and then uh, a close game on Thursday, and and they might drop that one. But you know what? You, if you want to be really optimistic, say they sweep that series and come home or uh, yeah, finish up with four. But I think they get two. That's, that's where I'm going to go with that one. I think Vancouver is getting into desperation mode. Uh, they mopped the floor with the, the Calgary Flames last week. And, uh, you know, maybe that gets them a little bit of good mojo going. I know that they've had their struggles this year, but we'll see. Uh, they, they did get the better of Edmonton in the season opener. Edmonton responded in kind the next night, but, uh, I say two. Well, we're going to find out in the next few days here, Tuesday, Thursday nights. Of course, you'll have the pregame coverage on TSN 1260. Two hour shows both nights, Tom, from six till eight. How are we going to fill that time? Uh, we'll, we'll have plenty of guests. I know we had Jonathan Torrens on, J-Rock himself, last week. And maybe on Thursday, I was thinking we try to find another maybe actor, musician, artist to hop on. Because it seemed to have gone over well with J-Rock. And you know what's funny is when we had him on the pregame show last week, I had a like a shit-eating grin on my face from ear to ear. So there's there's an expletive. Yes. And uh, yeah, there you go. And just kind of a little behind the scenes. I was laughing. Anytime I get to do any type of media with him or even just talk to him, I'm blown away by how good he is. He's always on. He's a character. His mind goes to all kinds of places. And uh, so maybe to mix it up, we'll get someone on on Thursday. But, you know, We'll have Cass on, we'll have uh, other guests as well, and and we'll go from there. I'm earning that E on Apple Podcasts, Tom. Thank you very much for doing this tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you on the pregame show Tuesdays and Thursdays. And uh, everyone that wants to tune in, tsn1260.ca, of course, iHeartRadio, plenty of different avenues to tune in. Tom, thanks for doing this. Thank you, Connor.
Excellent stuff from Tom Gazzola of TSN 1260. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Tom Gazzola. You've also seen him on the NHL Network. He's a part of the Oil Stream with Dustin Nielsen. You can follow that along. I think they've got those up on tsn1260.ca as well. So go over, check that out. Great Oilers content there. Also, of course, the Edmonton Oilers are set to take on the Vancouver Canucks on Tuesday night as well. Thursday night, both those games, 8 o'clock starts, Mountain Time. So if you are looking for some pregame coverage, tune into TSN 1260. We've got two-hour pregame shows both evenings. Tom Gazzola, myself, Matt Cassian. We'll make sure to bring more people in for your uh, pregame coverage. So if you are looking for the pregame coverage, make sure you tune in to TSN 1260. Later on in the show, we will bring in Rob Fay. He, of course, covers the Canucks out in Vancouver. He's the host of The Nation, which you can watch on YouTube and on Twitch. But first things first, let's talk a little daily fantasy sports. You know DraftKings is a sponsor of the Hockey Podcast Network, so we got to bring in Jeffrey Ulrich. He writes at DraftKings Nation. You can give him a follow at the Fantasy Grind. And we got a lot of questions for Jeffrey this week. So let's get right into it. Jeffrey, how was the weekend? It was really fun, man. Like, uh, you know, watching the Oilers obviously sweep the Flames was fun. <laughs> uh, seeing Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid kind of go at it just on the score sheet. That was a good weekend. And, uh, of course, there was the Genesis Open in the PGA. I know uh, you're a big fan of the PGA Tour events. Uh, how was that for you on the weekend? Uh, it was good. Yeah, no, I had Max Homa there uh, for a little 60-to-1 bet uh, hit. And um, absolutely, yeah, the PGA is great, uh, like NFL offseason. It's great all year, but I definitely cover it for drafting, so you can check that out, DK Nation, or just give me a follow on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. And, uh Always tweet out a few thoughts there on uh, each PGA uh, event. So before we get into the NHL right now and all that's going on, there is lots to talk about, of course, as always. But uh, with DraftKings, what are some of the things you're getting into right now? What are you dabbling in? Yeah, so like I said, PGA is, is kind of like a, a weekly thing for me. Uh, I like to build up. You can play round-by-round showdowns as well. And, um, you know, the, the round-by-round stuff is fun. I mean, you can um, you can kind of stack evening and, and uh, afternoon waves. So. If you really do start to get into the golf, there's more than just uh, the four-round events. There's weekend play where it's two rounds. There's showdown golf, much like um, much like the NFL, you know, there's, where there's showdown for one game. There's showdown for PGA as well. And for me, I, you know, hockey's kind of my nightly sport. I don't play as much NBA as some of the other guys. But uh, so for me right now with the NFL and offseason, I'm all about PGA and NHL. Okay, so let's get into the NHL. And, of course, Oilers-based podcast. I've got to ask you about this one uh, Let's just say you're getting into it. You have a choice between Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid. Right now, which direction are you going there? Yeah, it, I'm going to say it depends on the slate and the matchups, and uh, it should really be like a slate by slate thing. Um, you know, if you this next game, the Oilers coming up, going up against Vancouver, I don't know if there's a price that they can put McDavid at that would be too high for me to roster him. <laughs> you know, the Canucks defensively. Um, they're, they're garbage. Let's just be honest. Like they're not good. Um, they, they allow the most shots per game. Um, they, they allow a ton of scoring chances. Their goaltenders have been very hot and cold, mostly cold. Um, you know, they're playing a little bit better recently, but they're still like defensively, they're one of the worst teams in the league. Right. So it all leads up to like a really good spot for Connor McDavid. Uh, he was a little bit cold in the, the goal scoring department, but you know, even just getting those like one or two assists a game, he's still just got a really, really solid floor. So, I'd expect a little bit of continuation here. Uh, I, I think he, I think he does hear the Austin Matthews hype a little bit, and uh, I'm of the opinion that you know McDavid uh, is, is going to be the more consistent fantasy play for the whole season. You're probably going to see a little bit of a cooling off period for Austin Matthews. I don't think he's going to score 90 goals in 50 games. So I'll go with uh, 
I'll go with McDavid here in the short term. <laughs> and you mentioned the matchup with the Vancouver Canucks, of course, Tuesday night and Thursday night, the two teams meeting. And so in a game or a matchup like that, are you just going heavy on the Oilers? Or are you looking at anyone else on the team that is just a surefire must-add? I mean, if you're looking at the prices for that slate, I, I do think that the, there's a lot of value with, with the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, um, you know, we know Darnell Nurse is playing a ton of minutes, 6,200, and Tyson Berry is priced up too. I like both those guys, but Quinn Hughes is cheaper than both of them, and he's kind of a bit of a similar player to Tyson Berry. He's very offensively gifted, out there on the power play, plays a lot of minutes. So Quinn Hughes looking like really good value, and uh, you know I don't mind taking a shot with like a JT Miller at 5,400 too. He, he plays a ton of minutes on the power play. Um, I, you know this game is probably going to be a shootout. The, the Oilers haven't been as good defensively or as good on special teams with the uh, the penalty kill this year. I think there's probably a good chance Vancouver, you know, finds a goal or two on special teams. I'm kind of expecting this to be like a 5-4 game either way. So um, maybe the Oilers goalie steps up uh, again. They played really well. But um, I think there's really good value to be had in Vancouver in this game. And, you know, this is a a bigger slate on Tuesday. So um, I think targeting Vancouver, you know, obviously you can roster McDavid. uh, Paul Poyarvi is is still a great play. You know, even at 5,500, he's producing. He's playing top-line minutes. But, you can mix in uh, a couple of Vancouver values as well with the Oilers. I wanted to ask you about the Oilers goaltending. You kind of dropped it there, and I know we've talked in the past where they maybe wouldn't be the first option for you, but the last few games we're starting to see them play better and, and better defense in front of them. Is their stock rising at all when it comes to Mikko Koskinen and Mike Smith? It definitely is. Um, absolutely. And I think I mentioned this last time we talked, but Mike Smith being back, I think it's just pushing Koskinen, and, and it's really created a better dynamic than they had at the start of the year where you know, Koskinen was almost just seemed to be getting fatigued just from the mental aspect of playing every night. I'm not sure if it's physical fatigue, but, um, you know, just him being back is obviously giving them a boost. So um, I think the one thing you want to look for in daily fantasy is, you know, again, now the others are, are everyone's kind of on them. They're becoming some of, somewhat of favorites in these type of games, like against Vancouver. And Mike Smith and Koskinen are priced up a little bit. I like taking shots with the Oilers goalies when they're a bit cheaper, uh, maybe underdogs, because, so they're still out quite a few shots on goal, and that's good because, you know, from a goalie perspective for DFS, if you get that 35-shot bonus, it's three extra points. It's a big boost for your goalies every night on DraftKings. So uh, maybe when they're priced up, they're not necessarily near the top of my slate, but they're definitely gone up in my books. I mean, playing far more consistently since Mike Smith's back. Um, and, look, Vancouver's not really that good a team. So I, I think you can definitely consider them in this spot. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they're maybe my top spot uh, for this slate. Now, I got a question come to me via Twitter from Jordan. He wanted me to ask you this. He says, Austin Matthews is on a historic streak right now for sure, and more than justifying his staggering price on DraftKings. What's also crazy is how high his ownership is in GPPs during this stretch. What are you doing with Matthews right now? Are you keeping up with the field and playing him as a high-owned piece and paying off for you, or are you fading him more times than not and instead finding some pivots and different lineup construction strategies? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I mean, Matthews is, like I said, he, he's scoring at an insane rate. So if you have been fading him the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's been hard to keep up. Now, if you rostered McDavid over him on Saturday, I mean, you were fine. And, and I did like McDavid over him on Saturday. But, you know, in real, in, realistically, you probably needed both uh, to have, like, a ton of success. So I think to answer the question, I think that, you know, playing cash games and heads up, I would probably just keep rostering Austin Matthews till he really cools off but. For bigger GBP fields, you know, his, his ownership is getting up there so high every night. 
I do think it's, it's time to kind of start pivoting. Um, like I said, he, he's really more of a goal scorer, which is good for, you know, the upside nights. But, but it's, he's, he's also going to have a, a few more scoreless nights, uh, you know, without those kind of assists that McDavid gives you. So I think we're kind of at the point where he's, he's, he's probably becoming a bit of a fade just from the ownership perspective. Um, you know, I, I don't expect him to go scoreless for like uh, seven or eight games either, but with his price now up to the, like, uh, you know, near all-time highs sort of for him, that's when you kind of want to say, okay, this is probably a good time to pivot off him. Or, you know, let's say you're making 10 lineups uh, and, and putting them in a small GPP or a big GPP, whatever stakes you play, you know, just going slightly under the field or even just level the field. If you have them, if you think he's going to be 25, 30% owned, you play him in one or two lineups instead of four or five. Um, you know, you can definitely take the other approach and just like, you know, I'm going all in on Austin Matthews the rest <laughs> of the year. But I think with his price up, um, how how insanely good he's been over the last little bit, and just the fact that you know most people aren't most players aren't going to keep scoring at that rate for the rest of uh, the year. It's probably a good time just to to fade him a little bit more. Um, at least that's the, the viewpoint I'm taking. Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation joining us here on the Other Connor Podcast. You can give him a follow on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. Just a couple more questions for you and. Uh, when it comes to uh, around the league, and I don't want you to give away all of your hints or anything, but who are a few players looking out for to to be a, a good value buy right now? Yeah, um, you, you know, I mean, Ottawa is is they're they're playing a little bit better. So I always take a look at the Ottawa forwards. Uh, if Kenny Dadenoff is is a guy who just seems to be priced, um, you know, for a guy who's playing in the top six every night, getting power play exposure. It just seems like he's he's always just a little bit too cheap, and he had a really slow start to the year, and uh, but he, he's picked it up a little bit. So you know the, these crummy teams, um, you can look at their top six, and, and guys are getting consistent power play exposure. A guy like Dadadoff, he's got six goals on the year. I mean, um, you know, he gets a, a goal for you at thirty five hundred. It's massive. So um, that, that's one player that's kind of I've always kept my eye on there uh, from the start of the year. You know, you can look to um, a team like Chicago as well. Pius Sutter, uh, you know, play, uh, playing first-line center minutes still, um, you know, a, a priced at 4800 on Tuesday. That's, that's still really good value when he's playing along Patrick, Patrick Kane. So looking at these uh, bottom teams, those, those are two guys that I've kind of had my eye on, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks. Um, the, you don't always want to play, you know, guys from Ottawa and Chicago, but especially when they're in good matchups or there's just a lack of better options. Looking at their top six, uh, you often find guys who are cheap, and, and they're getting that kind of uh, exposure that you want um, from players that you're going to pay up for, or pay down for, excuse me. Uh, Jeffrey, I really appreciate you hopping on the podcast here today. Uh, let's do it again next week if you're free. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. That is Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation. You can also give him a follow on Twitter at the Fantasy Grind. And uh, I had to throw the question at him, Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews. Like, if you're playing tiers, that's a tough choice. If you're going to go out there and throw a lot of money in one of those guys' corners, it's a tough choice. Uh, I think i go Connor McDavid just because the overall point total, but I can see the argument for Austin Matthews. You, you never know when that guy's going to pot three. So big thanks to Jeffrey Ulrich for hopping on the Other Connor podcast here tonight. Once again, before we get to our final guest of the show, I want to direct you to my Twitter account, at Connor Halley. We've got a couple really cool giveaways that we are doing this week, of course, through the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings. We've got a jersey up for grabs, so... All you have to do is go to my Twitter account, scroll down a little bit. There's a tweet in there that talks about a free jersey. And all you have to do is follow me, follow the Hockey Podcast Network, and retweet. Find that tweet, retweet it, 
and you're entered. It's very simple there. And we're also giving away a few rolls of Pride Tape, compliments of Pride Tape here in Edmonton. And uh, that one's also very simple. It's on my Twitter page. Go to my pinned tweet and just retweet it. We're going to make it very simple. Giving away a bunch of stuff here on the Hockey Podcast Network and the other Connor Podcast. A big thank you to our sponsors for that, as well as Pride Tape in Edmonton. Give them a follow on social media as well, at Pride Tape, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All those things, PrideTape.com as well. And now, let's get to our final guest of this show. You can catch him on The Nation on YouTube and Twitch. You can also give him a follow on Twitter at Rob Fay. Rob Fay himself joins us here on the Other Connor Podcast. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic, Connor. How are you? I'm doing very good. And, of course, we wanted to get you on. Of course, the Oilers are set to take on the Vancouver Canucks Tuesday and Thursday evening. No one better to bring on than you to give us our uh, fill on the Vancouver Canucks and uh, just discuss how it's going for them out in Vancouver as of late. But I want to first ask you about the nation. And, uh, fortunately, uh, we're all pretty bummed to hear the news of TSN 1040 out in Vancouver uh, shutting down. But, man, you bounced back quick and in a hurry with the nation. You had me on last night. It was a really fun time. How did the nation start like? And, and you guys did that in a matter of a week, really getting it all going. Yeah, so when we all got our walking papers at TSN 1040, and I almost feel, uh, feel embarrassed being the guy talking about it just because I know there's so many guys that I did the mornings, the afternoons. I was the late night guy. But once we all got called into the office and were told that it was time to move on, I took a day and then I decided that I was going to pick myself up and get back into the game. So we had done some work with uh, the Vancouver Canadians, the minor league baseball team out here in Vancouver, and basically said you know, to the company that produced those games, would you be interested in a sports show? So we sat down in front of the whiteboard, and within six days we went from concept to broadcasting our first show on YouTube, and the response that we got was fantastic. And we knew um, at TSN that we had great online analytic already, So it was just being able to capture that lightning in a bottle. So, yeah, from one week of uh, some pretty tough news to getting back on air really quickly was something I think I was really proud of. So what is the plan for the nation going forward? I mean, I know you guys do the postgame coverage, which I think is a great idea, but uh, is there a plan to just build off that? There is. And what the end goal is, is to have the nation from all of the major cities in Canada. So eventually it will become the nation Vancouver, the nation Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Ottawa, and just work our way across and try to maybe do the online version of what the athletic did in print. We would like to be able to do that for broadcasters across Canada. So it's a really low maintenance, easy thing to create. And I work with a company called Hubcast, uh, that has been able to do it on pennies for the dollar. And I think that this is perhaps the, the angle that a lot of different organizations are going to look at down the road. Well, I, I certainly enjoyed my time on the show. And uh, I, what I really liked about it was just having those YouTube comments coming in right as the show goes, uh, very similar to a text line. But, uh, yeah, it was really cool, and I think it's a great idea. And uh, good luck with that Thank going you. forward. Uh, let's talk about the Thank Vancouver you. Canucks. And, uh, of course, last night, uh, or Sunday night, coming off that tough overtime loss of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, what kind of team do you think the Oilers can expect to see Tuesday night? I think you're looking at a team that's still trying to figure out what their identity is because last year this was a team that was within a game of going to the Western Conference Final and I think that perhaps was a blessing and a curse. If you're a Canuck fan, that gets you obviously excited that you've got a young core with Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes and now all of a sudden they're taking Vegas right to the end. But this year, I think we got to see a little of what they were before the bubble took place. And this was a team that had some tough contracts to deal with up against the cap. 
some players in the bottom six that just aren't producing or even contributing for that matter. So I think right now you've got a team that's in a little bit of disarray because not only have they played more games than anybody else in the North Division, but they haven't been able to capitalize on that. So I look at Vancouver right now as a team that is uh, really going to have to turn it around quick, and Edmonton is not the team that you want to face when you're trying to find your stride. Yeah, I mean, two straight losses, two six and two in their last ten, and I mean, this year already we've heard statements from ownership, uh, just things seeming a little bit hectic out in Vancouver. Uh, safe to say, I mean, you've got a pretty good pulse of the fan base. Just disappointment, would that be a good way to describe how it's been so far? Yeah, I think uh, the off-use term out here is puck luck, and everything that went right for Vancouver last year has equally gone wrong for us in 2021. And it is a rabid fan base, as I'm sure you guys have at Edmonton as well. And I think with Jim Benning being in year seven as general manager of this organization, I think when the fans realized that he let Tyler Toffoli walk, opting to keep Jake Vertanen, uh, when you watch the, the MVP of this team last year, Jacob Markstrom, walk out the door, Chris Tanev, a warrior that everybody here in this city loved, you watched a lot of the personality walk away from this organization last year. Even Troy Stetcher, who went to Detroit, is a guy that was from the Lower Mainland, bled blue and green, and again, left when Jim Benning wasn't able to, to get that deal done. So I think there's a lot of uh, discontentment right now for Jim Benning. Travis Green is still without a contract extension. He's in the final year. So I think there's a lot of people looking even at ownership saying, what's the plan here? And that's why Francesco Accolini, the owner of the Canucks, stepped forward and in a series of tweets tried to quell the storm. I was going to ask that next, actually, with Travis Green. I mean, going forward, I mean, is he on the hot seat right now? Is there talk of an extension, anything like that? If anything, I think a majority of the fan base wants Travis Green to be extended because I think they see that he's worked really well with this young core. And realistically, you can only dance with a girl that you brought to the party in this situation because we are so up against the cap. There's just no ability to navigate some of these potholes that he's facing right now. So I think the fan base gets that. But I think Jim Benning's on the hot seat. And even though Francesco Accolini came forward and said, you know what, he's good, he didn't say anything good beyond this season. So I think Francesco obviously doesn't want to pay for two general managers within one season, especially when he got no revenue coming in. So I think Jim Benning and Travis Green are good for the now. Jim Benning, I would be shocked if he's back next year. Travis Green's the one that I look at and say, okay, are they going to be able to extend him before the end of the season? Because Seattle comes into the equation, and you wonder if Seattle, who of course has ties to Travis Green, who played his junior hockey in Portland, might not look at that as a new opportunity and, and maybe with a, a contract more structured to long-term success. That would uh, that would be something, hey, kind of ignite that rivalry that I think oh, we all no doubt. hope gets going. <laughs> um, just on the ice, players-wise, anyone this year been a bit of a disappointment, maybe underachieved so far? Um, I, I think the one off the top of the head that we're still scratching our head with is J.T. Miller. Of course, people will remember Miller not just last year with the Canucks, but previously with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Vancouver gave up a first-round pick just over a year ago to bring J.T. Miller in, but Miller showed immediate return on investment, so the fan base was fine with it. But he seems to be the one player this year that shows a lot of inconsistency. And realistically, there's been a handful of times where people are saying, well, wait a minute, he just, did he just give up on that play? Why isn't he moving his feet? 
And that's not the JT Miller that we got to see last year. So that's a little bit of a frustration there. Um, you look at a guy like Jake Vertanen, maybe not a household name in Edmonton, but here's a guy that Vancouver has cultivated, they've developed, he was a high-end draft pick from several years ago, and has just never been able to turn the corner. So he's kind of the whipping boy for the fan base right now, along with Louis Erickson. So as good as it is to see a Nils Hoaglander succeeding at just 20 years old, we've equally got as many problems as perhaps solutions. Well, Hoaglander was actually um, the topic of my next question, because when we saw him earlier on in the season, I think Oilers fans were worried and impressed. He looked great. How's he progressed throughout the, the rest of the season? Oh, he's been fantastic. I mean, I can't remember the last time I've done a post-game show, and he hasn't been at least near the top of the conversation. A uh, bit of a small guy in stature, five foot nine, which isn't the end of the world because he skates like the wind, and he competes, and he takes on guys that are six two, six three, and he's tenacious, and he's relentless. And that, if you're a hockey fan, is exactly what you want. A guy that's not afraid to get in the craw of the opposition, regardless of the size of the speed, but he's also got really good hands, and he's able to find the net here and there. So you think of a kid at 20, usually they're trying to find their way into the NHL, but because overseas he played against men for a couple of years, he's made that transition amazingly smooth. And if anything, it kind of gives you hope for certain organizations that that take chances on kids like this, that if they do play overseas and they do play in those men's leagues, that that might be a better situation for them than coming over here and getting dumped in the AHL or wherever they end up finding that work. So to me, Hoaglander, of all the Canucks this year, has been both the brightest surprise and probably one of the most consistent players. You touched on uh, Markstrom going to the Calgary Flames. Uh, how has the goaltending been this year, in your opinion, for the Canucks? And I guess Tuesday, Thursday, who would you expect to get the starts? Uh, well, I would expect Thatcher Demko, and I think that's the drum that bangs the loudest in Vancouver right now, is they say, okay, we've seen enough of this tandem going back and forth between Braden Holpe, who we picked up in the offseason, and, of course, Thatcher Demko, who made that amazing postseason run to get us within a game of the Western Conference Final. Holpe, inconsistent. Mar- uh, Demko, part of me, inconsistent. But at least one of these guys is young and has room to grow, and I think Ian Clark, our goaltending coach, has worked really well with him, and I think at this point you just ride him until he bucks you for now, and Thatcher, I think, is better when he gets the work, so I would expect him not only to get one of those starts, I'd be surprised if he didn't get both of those starts, especially if things go half well against one of the teams uh, uh, that I think Vancouver does not match up well with at all in Edmonton. Well, I was going to ask you, I mean, obviously, when you take on the Edmonton Oilers, you got to watch out for A, Connor McDavid, B, Leon Dreisaitl. What do you think the approach is there? Obviously, the Canucks will have the last change, but uh, what do you think those two can expect from the Canucks going into the next couple games? Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm not worried about the matchups as far as the forwards go. I am I'm, I'm nervous for our defensive core because that has been our Achilles heel all season. Um, you talk about Quinn Hughes. Here's a guy that is putting points on the board but has not been as um, dominant as he was a year ago when he was in the Rookie of the Year conversation with Kale McCarr. Uh, but you look at Tyler Myers, who a couple of years ago we picked up from Winnipeg. He's uh, not necessarily turned the corner. Oli Levy is still a guy that's uh, a question mark. And, and really, you just look at Nate Schmidt, even a guy that we picked up from the Vegas Golden Knights last year. And uh, I just sit back and I'm like, There's no one guy defensively that you can really say he's going to put you on your back and get you there. So if we're struggling with the Tyler Toffoli's of the world, and and dare we say, you know, the first line of the Calgary Flames, I have no idea 
what Connor McDavid is thinking right now is he gets ready to take on a team that's really fighting themselves, knowing that he's as hot as he is. I, I look at this one as a potential bonanza for a guy like Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid unless Vancouver can elevate their game because they're a sitting duck as it stands. <laughs> so earlier on in the podcast, I had Tom Gazzola on. He does our pre- and post-game shows in Edmonton. He uh, had the Oilers winning one and losing one. What do you think happens in the next couple games? Oh, I mean, on the road, anything's possible. And you know what? Jacob Markstrom, you know, left a few tidbits for Thatcher Demko. And I think Thatcher, the more he plays, the more calm he gets. And that was really the M.O. that Jacob Markstrom left behind. The fact that they had some time together where Thatcher could pick up some of that, um, I think will benefit him. So, you know, one and one is fine. I would expect Edmonton will win one and Vancouver might get a point in one of them. But uh, this is an opportunity here for Edmonton to pick up four points. And that's not to slag the Canucks. It's just you see two teams going in completely different directions. Well, Rob, thanks a lot for hopping on the podcast here. I really do appreciate it. And hopefully we can get you on down the road here. Connor, I will be here anytime you call. Thank you for this. Great stuff from Rob Faye of the Nation, which you can watch on YouTube and Twitch. Breaking down the Vancouver Canucks as the Oilers set to take them on Tuesday and Thursday night. If you are looking for pregame coverage, make sure you tune into TSN 1260. Tom Gazzola, myself, Matt Cassian, will be on from 6 to 8, both Tuesday and Thursday night. Long extended pregame coverage on TSN 1260. You can tune in online or on your radio or your smart speaker. Just tell them to turn on TSN 1260. It is that simple. And that is going to do it for another edition of the Other Connor Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Big thank you to all of our guests, Tom Gazzola from TSN 1260. Of course, Jeffrey Allward from DraftKings Nation and Rob Faye of the Nation. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Rob Fay. Make sure you watch The Nation on YouTube and on Twitch. On the next edition of the Other Connor Podcast that comes out Friday morning, we're going to recap Tuesday and Thursday's games against the Vancouver Canucks. We'll preview the weekend, and we'll try to reach out to some former Oilers alumni to get their stories of their time playing for the Oil. I'm Connor Halley. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in today. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Other Connor Podcast. New shows drop every Tuesday and Friday wherever you get your podcasts from.